0: All right, welcome everyone. This is episode 29 of Business Can Be Better. In this show, we hope to help business owners create businesses that are more profitable, less stressful, and just all around awesome. By sharing our experiences and approaches, this is.
1: Hi, I'm Kelly Ray.
0: (laughs) Uh, My name is Lane Anderson. I'm a founder and CEO of London Row Media, a full service marketing firm. And today's episode is called Working On Your Business Versus In Your Business. What is new with you? First of all,
1: sorry I didn't say who I was either. I was distracted by the camera there, trying to make sure that it was actually live. Um, I'm Kelly Ray. I'm a business coach, consultant, and business owner in other business too. Um, So, you want to kind of talk about what's new first, or you want to just jump into this? I've been waiting. I've been waiting a week. I know what's new. What's new? Okay, the coronavirus. We were talking about that. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I have it. Is that okay? Yeah,
0: as long as I don't touch my face.
1: (laughs) Um, I've been hearing so much about that lately, and I just, I really, uh, I think it's getting really blown out of proportion and causing some real vicious cycle stuff. Um, But good news stuff is the seminars I've been doing with ATB Mm -hmm. and the exchanges, the sort of mastermind sessions we've been doing with the Chamber. Uh, I feel like it's really, those are really fun. They're really building on each other too.
0: Do you have yeah. a lot of overlap in the same people going to both?
1: We only had our first one of each so far. Right. Okay. So this, we just talked today about the exchange coming up on the 31st, where we're going to sort of deep dive into the topic that we did today. So I'm hoping that, yeah, the same people will come. Good. Yeah. What's new with you?
0: Um, I'm very excited about my wife bought me a new beard brush today.
1: There's beard <laughs> brushes?
0: But it's not just a beard brush. It's a boar bristle beard brush with a bamboo uh, handle she has a lot of bees
1: oh jocelyn <laughs> you are the best wife that's ever that's so exciting
0: no that's not really just because about, of just because kind of. present yeah she wow. knew i was kind of looking for one and she was getting her hair done and they had good stuff there so she bought wow, one
1: that's nice but
0: um but we, i'm excited that we just launched our social sessions because we do those social media marketing seminars every spring awesome. and so we just finally we've been planning them they're bigger there's more of them than ever they're gonna be We have more seats available in each one. They're going to be bigger and better than ever. So those are launched. There'll be six different ones starting next month. So I'm excited about that. And tomorrow we're shooting the video for it because we're going to really promote this. There's going to be an ad coming out in this video. I'm excited to shoot tomorrow because it's going to be pretty ridiculous. It's going
1: to be so full.
0: It's going to be... It's inspired by like Dollar Shave Club type videos. Ooh, I'm very excited. It's going to be fun. Awesome. And there's an homage to Dollar Shave Club in there as well, so it'll be fun.
1: That's one of my favorite ads actually. Yeah. How many seats are you going to have in these sessions? Just 40. Are you going to spend money on this campaign? Yeah. I feel like you could fill it for free so fast.
0: Oh yeah, we could fill it for free. But you're doing it just for <laughs> but, fun. But we sell tickets. It's yes.
1: oh no, sorry. I mean, without paying for ads, I feel like you could oh, sell maybe. out 40 tickets. Maybe because there'll be the so 101 people.
0: sessions. Usually, yeah, we have no problem. I think last year we actually ran two of them because we sell out the 20, no problem. Yeah. Um, but this is the first year we'll make 40 available so we'll see
1: sorry i really meant like yeah you could sell out
0: without paying to promote it yes but but still charging participants <laughs> yeah and then we can show the results in the facebook that's ad awesome. seminar and show people what it looks like that's but, the
1: best when you're like here's what worked on you yeah this yeah. is
0: why you're here you bought this
1: it's funny when my coach does that to me
0: Hmm. flip it back on you <laughs> and you're like oh you got me yeah <laughs> but yeah we're talking about this because and it kind of stemmed from uh, I do daily vlogs on LinkedIn, and one of my videos last week, I think, maybe Monday or Tuesday last week, was about this topic, about how there's very popular advice, like it's become, like, it's actually so popular, it's almost cliche to, <laughs> to say, you gotta be working on your business, not in your business, mm-hmm. and I just made a video about that, about how basically it's uh, going too deep down that rabbit hole before we were big enough to do it, like actually was quite detrimental to my business and how i was arguing for staying working in your business a lot more than what some of the whatever online online hype personalities (laughs) would tell you to do so that was my video and that's why we were going to chat about it today and yeah that's a that's a starting point so
1: (laughs) the exact way it happened was I really love your videos. And we were sitting here at the end of our last vodcast and I was like, "Ooh, Lane, this video looks good, but I don't want to watch it. Can you tell me what's in it? And you basically yeah. summed it up by saying, uh, you're not pro working on your business, you're pro working in it to make sure you have enough profit mm-hmm. to grow, yeah. right? But but I think where we're going to find common ground is that there's going to be a happy medium. There's going to be like, a yeah. you know, um, but my whole thing is not working in your business. Right. That's my whole my whole business is about helping business owners get out of their business, mm-hmm. create more profit in the business and more systemization so that they can have freedom from the business. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to talk about this so much, because I was like, ooh, I think we'll have opposing and interesting views.
0: Yeah. And I think, like you said, your entire career and business is built on how to work on your business so that's obviously not the topic of this podcast we can't cover what that looks like but just so that people understand what we're talking about what what is include what are we talking about when you say working on your business what kind of stuff are you doing
1: yeah i love that question so it could be anything from taking uh let's say you have a team who's not working very efficiently analyzing their workflow so that would be an example, like just proactive work where you look at something and try to make it work better rather yeah. than just the reactive sort of dealing with that or even budgeting, planning out mm-hmm. your financial goals yeah. and then reviewing your financials every month or creating a marketing plan
0: Yeah.
1: or meeting with your staff about their KPIs and their job descriptions. So I consider, yeah, those are kind All of the of three main pillars. Yeah. yeah, leadership, financials and marketing.
0: I think that makes sense that's pretty well like i kind of made some bullet points because i was trying to think of what all the different things would be that i would consider working on the business so Mm -hmm. even even the business development side and networking like the fact that we i'd go and attend an event just to be there and to meet other people and network like that to me is working on my business it's like getting out there and getting exposure i guess i think brand development like you said the marketing strategy but also uh, and this came up in another LinkedIn <laughs> thread that we we're talking about where um, talking about developing your, your message or even your USP or all those things where you really, really need to figure out what you offer, like how you define yourself, what's different, all that. I think a lot of work can be done there that a, many, many businesses haven't done. So that's yeah. brand development, um, just learning. That's something that I make sure. I'm making time to do is just continuing to learn. I think that's working on your business processes and policies. I think you're touched on those and they're a common thing that we talk about the planning and budgeting for sure. Evaluating and optimizing is like the first thing you mentioned, like evaluating what are people doing? Where's the profit margin? What's not profitable? <laughs> optimize. I, yeah. Can I reword that really quick? Okay. Not
1: reword what you said, but kind of go back to what I said really quickly, I guess the the shortest way or the most distinct way for me to tell you what working on your business would be is to have that financial plan for the year. And -hmm. then every month when you look at your financials, you look at, did I hit my sales or revenue target? And if not, why not? Mm -hmm. So go get to work on that. Whatever you went to work on to make that better would be on working on your business. Or if you overspent on expenses, going to find where the procedure or the system or the process is not working and fixing Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. It, it kind of all comes from the numbers. Yep. Yeah.
0: Okay. So yeah, without getting into how to do the working on your business, because right. that is basically with the entirety of what our all of our podcast episodes are about, is all the stuff that you do to work on your business. Yep. Um, we're talking about how much you should be doing that and whether you should be doing that. I, I know that we'll agree that you should be doing it. Um, but what I kind of made my post about was pushing back against hearing it all over And it's never given much context about how much, or how, or when, or any of that. And I think when I was, you know, a year and a half or two years ago, when I was hearing this and being like, yeah, that's what success looks like, is I need to pull out of the operations of my business and start working on it more, or I'm never going to get to where I want to go. Now,
1: you mean stop doing the administration of the social media campaigns, or stop doing the Yeah, the execution of the marketing itself. Okay, because when you earlier when you said business development, I even think that business development is something that an employee can do too.
0: Okay, sure.
1: (laughs) Just, I just wanted to ask a few.
0: Yeah, so then, um, yeah, when I kind of decided or when I heard this and realized that that's what I need to be doing is pulling out of all of that sort of in the trenches in the dirt type work and work on my business, there was no context given to how much or how heavily or how much like no, it's okay to still be in the business. You just do some on the business. And it was kind of figuring out for myself where that balance was by initially going too far into on the business. And then all of a sudden you have to hire to do all these tasks that you used to do. And so you hire and hire and hire, and all of a sudden you're not profitable anymore because you're not big enough to support your wage to just work on the business because that task is would be included in like a corporate overhead like if you put that in your revenue and your expenses everything there's corporate overhead in that you have to have enough margin from everything that you sell to support your wage or salary to be able to sit there and just work on the business because you're not doing the deliverable like I think we've been talking about it a bunch this past week and I keep thinking of just like the most basic type of business so if you're cutting grass you can't instead of cutting grass and you're just one guy with one lawnmower, you can't just be like, well, I'm going to hire one guy to do that and I'm going to work on my business. Like the one guy with one lawnmower isn't going to make you enough money where you can just work on your business. You need like 15 people with lawnmowers going out making you money so you can work on your business.
1: This is where it started to hurt my brain. I I heard you last week and I I do get what you're saying. And I think if you have an incredible competitive advantage or – you have the best brand in town, the most reliable, the most online reviews, people you're very sought after and people just really want to work with you. It is possible to have higher prices, have a really super efficient worker. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Have really efficient lead conversion. Like there's so many little levers to move. I, I do think that any business, we could make it profitable enough with just a couple employees, but I do get what you're saying. You can't just say, Okay, I'm just gonna be full time right. administration of the business, pay myself a hundred grand a year, and then just live off the twenty dollars an hour that this lawnmower guy work makes me. Yeah. Yes, that doesn't that doesn't work. But I think that businesses are so different and so complex. It's like when people ask me, Well, what would you do to fix my business? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Like know I need to look well at your enough, financials, yeah. I need to look at your marketing. Um but I do think that it's definitely gonna be like on a a sliding scale yeah. but the most important thing i wanted to start out with was i think before we get into the nitty-gritty of like how much you should work on or in that sort of thing you really have to ask yourself what makes you happy and i i don't want this to turn into like an airy fairy woo woo uh huggy conversation but the truth is everything we do are in our business and our lives all the goals we set all the work we do we're trying to we're trying to get more joy be more happy feel more just mm-hmm. feel, feel good feelings. And if you don't like being in the business, doing the work, but you like being the leader and you like running the business and you like that side of it, then yeah, you should work faster and harder to get to that. But if you love doing mm-hmm. the things that you do in your business, I love when leaders grow a business that's systemized, that doesn't need them, but they still keep doing the work alongside their team because it sets a great example. Yeah, And it's really... Uh, a lot easier for you to coach your team when you're also doing that stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're not that leader who's like, well, that's beneath me. That's your job. That'll backfire too.
0: And I think that when I posted, there was a lot of feedback of people saying, yes, thank you for saying this. I think it's because people are resonating with that, where the template for success was you don't do employee-like tasks, you do work on your business stuff. And I think, so that's how the message is being received and that's from
1: who like i
0: i don't know but there's a bunch of people agreeing that that's how we're I know, receiving it but so many
1: people are like is lane calling you out and i was like what what calling me out what do you what do you mean
0: yeah you didn't invent this saying this no you that every this. single business
1: yeah. book talks about working on your business but the thing is i i'm confused about the message that you and all of your fans on <laughs> LinkedIn fans. who agree with you. I was seriously looking my at today. I'm like, every yes. single person is like, yes, Lane, yes, Lane, yes. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to think back to all the books, even E-Myth, like the most basic first mm-hmm. work on your business book ever. I don't remember it saying you have to go from zero to 100 and only work... On the business and never lift up a hammer again or swing a hammer yeah. again. And
0: maybe this is uh, who
1: told you that?
0: Yeah, maybe it's
1: no it's... marketing for you. Only working on the business. Like <laughs> I, I've right. never said that, right? <laughs> no, no. I want you to work towards having more freedom, mm-hmm. systemization, and profit. But I would never say you don't Stop do that. That's the... for the employees. You know. Yeah. So I think. So uh, whoever thinks Lane and I are fighting, we're not.
0: I think it's possible that it's a byproduct of of reducing complex ideas so that it's shareable on social media so we're all following you know these big influential entrepreneurs and public speakers and things and by by nature of how social media looks it needs to be reduced to something very simple and i think the piece that it gets distilled down to is work on your business not in your business and that is how it's said and it's not in your business, work on your business, not in your business. That is the phrase. Yeah, I hear you. And so we're all taking that being like, oh, man, I'm not a real entrepreneur. I'm never going to be successful if I'm still working in my business because the model is work on my business. So that's what I was speaking to was that's all we're all hearing that. And what I learned by going too far into, okay, just work on my business was don't remember like, remember, guys, context, we need to still work in our business. We still need to do the day to day. We still need to go mow those lawns because you can't be 100% on your business with you know where, at the point where I was with three people out there mowing the lawns for me. I need to be, just so you know, I don't actually have a lawn care business, but <laughs> metaphorically, um, you know I, I need to have 10 people mowing lawns to support a salary of me not doing any of the mowing and just working on the business. And that's just a fact of how much corporate overhead costs. You just have to have scale before you could be 100%. So I kind of thought, I came up with it the day I made the video and I think it actually holds up fairly good as far as how much you work on your business, just being like a 10% of revenue. If you do if you do 100,000 a year, work on your business 10% of your time. If you do 200,000 a year, work on it 20% of the time. That to me, in my kind of business, I would have to look at what other people's businesses to see if it holds up in other business. To me, that makes sense. When I started out, I don't care how small you are, you could spend 10% of your time working on your business. If you only work 40 hours, spend four hours of that, looking at processes, perfecting your messaging, whatever, doing that every week. And that makes sense to me, that that's how much you should be working on your business.
1: obviously it depends on your profit margin right because if yeah. you have a like a business that's 50% profit margin it's going to be way different if you have 10% profit margin
0: it's also different because we're so service based so i need my hours in the business to get the job done whereas if you're running like a retail store you might be able to work on your business while you're working <laughs> in your business yeah, you like could if you're be not doing, constantly busy yeah yet. if you're yeah. sitting behind a till somewhere maybe you can do both like I say it's gonna be different but for me that kind of made sense where where we're at now I can almost entirely just work on my business but I also that's the other point I kind of wanted to bring up was I don't ever want to only work on my business like then you don't. said work in it get the like still know, like Mark Zuckerberg still knows how to write code, (laughs) like get in there and know how to do the things your employees do uh, and not just be like the detached person who doesn't know what the day job really looks like for all of your employees. So,
1: so we do agree that it's not all or nothing. Yeah. So at least we agree on that. The thing that I think the thing that I think people do Well, I do this too, and I've been coached on this a lot of times. It's like, it's not all or nothing. It never Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. It actually never is. It's not like you're on a strict diet. You can never cheat, blah, blah, blah. Or you just get off the diet and eat like crap all the time. You know, like there's uh, a happy medium. And the same in business. Like if you love working in your business keep that as part of your role but don't make it so that you have to work in your business because there's a lot of risk inherent in that if you are the key resource if you're the one who has to do the work it's hard to grow it's hard to you know what I mean And and when you feel like it's all depending on you that's not a I've never seen anybody really super happy or thriving in that role so but if you want to grow your business and have it Uh, run without you and have higher profit margins and that sort of thing it's like it's the carpet for the horse thing it's like little by little when you work on it more the profit margins go up so then Mm -hmm. you have a little more wiggle room to work on it more Then that so the better it gets the better it gets but in the beginning if you're working 40 hours a week to produce things that make Mm -hmm. you money work one extra hour a week and do the most impactful things Like make that financial plan, work on your marketing plan, and make sure that you have your most important procedures, like just a little Mm -hmm. by little. Because I think that a lot of people, they might say they're working on their business or they might actually believe they're working on their business, but they're doing the wrong things. Right. So I think if you do it efficiently, you'll move faster.
0: Because that's, you know, when when we talk lots and you will bring up processes and building out those a lot and, you know, job descriptions and all those things. Like when we were getting started, I didn't have time to pull back and be like, well, I'm going to design processes for every job that we do because... I'm busy in the business getting those jobs done, and the reason you make processes so that you can take what's in your head and put it somewhere else so that someone else can do it. But at the moment, there's no one else doing it anyway. So mm-hmm. why do I need to put what's in my head somewhere else if I'm Because if you don't one... do
1: it, you can't get more time yeah. out of it. Like it's. That's but at what some I mean. point, cycle, you right? do.
0: But that's where you have to have the scale where it starts making sense. Yeah. There's a lot of the stuff that I think that's included in working on your business that doesn't that doesn't come into play until you reach a certain scale you have to have some amount of success before you can pull back and be like well I need to make sure that my mission statement is dead on like to me it's (sighs) like you have you can be very successful without ever writing a mission statement okay
1: not perfecting it but if it's not a mission driven business Mm -hmm. like if you're just winging it and just selling something because you think you can make some money at it it won't work Right, you're doing something because you have a passion for it because you know it makes a difference. Like you are running a mission-driven business, whether or not you've perfected the. So whether or not you write
0: a mission statement, the the intent of what would be behind a mission statement is still there.
1: Right, because when you brought on people, they knew. Yeah. The culture, it's all through the culture. It's all through everything you do. It's the kind of people you hire. It's the way you interact with each other. Like it is there. It's just not on paper.
0: That's
1: right. So I do think that if it was missing. And if you weren't so picky about who you brought on, and if you didn't have your mission in mind, it wouldn't have been yeah. as good.
0: I also think if you don't have it in you naturally already, that just writing one on paper isn't going to solve the problem. Either. Absolutely. So if you didn't already have it, putting it on paper is great, but it's not going to suddenly be internalized and just be reflected in your business. Like it, no. it is, it has to come from something that already existed.
1: And that's the other thing earlier I wanted to mention that, but I kind of forgot, like especially in the small to medium-sized businesses that most most of our business owners are, um, the marketing plan, the brand, the entire company, the the purpose of the company, the motivation for you and the employees, it has to come from the owner. Because Mm -hmm. it is your baby. You created it. You have the purpose. You know the mission. It can't be something that you delegate. So a lot of that ground-level stuff you should be part of. And I also think you shouldn't delegate something until you really know it inside and out like bookkeeping, for example, if you mm-hmm. just hand it over your books to somebody and you don't know what they're doing, yeah. not only is there the risk of theft and that sort of thing, but it probably won't be done the way that you want, you know? Yeah, absolutely. If you don't understand it, you're not going to make any headway.
0: That's my last bullet point is in knowing, like, even if you delegate, even if you hire out, you have employees to do all of this stuff, have, like, retain a pretty good understanding of how to do it yourself. Gary V will say, He's still pretty dangerous in all sides of marketing so if all of his graphic designers quit one day he can still pretty do a pretty good darn good job I don't know if in graphic design specifically but in most areas of marketing if all of his copywriters quit if all of his whatever idea people quit like he's he's pretty dangerous in all areas and I think that's what you have to be and I think in finances I think that's well understood every most business owners are like yeah even though I can get an accountant I can get a bookkeeper. I should have a pretty good understanding of how finances work. You must have some goes, good business
1: owners. Well, I
0: hope so. <laughs> the ones
1: I meet are like, ah. I don't
0: need to look at that. I know what those mean. I But I think in other areas, it's just as important. Like, yeah, you can hire a marketing company or a marketing director, but you should have a pretty good idea of what marketing looks like and how it should be done well. Otherwise, how do you even hire the right person? So are yeah, so dangerous all the time. in a lot of things if you're an owner.
1: Yes. Like, you, you can't effectively delegate something if you don't get it. Right. I can't tell you the number of people who are like, uh, "Can I get that that lame guy's contact info? Because I don't want to do my marketing." And it's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" Right. You need to understand what, why, how, for who your target. Like, you need to be a mm-hmm. big part of that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So then, okay. I think one little sort of actionable thing I can give people because I think people might be really annoyed with my comment about well, just work on your business more efficiently. Like, right. What does that mean? Yeah, so I what's think more efficient? The easiest way for me to describe this is take, you probably have a giant to-do list or like several. You might have like <laughs> a list, a pile of sticky notes, you know, a bulletin board, a whiteboard. Right. So take all of the stuff that you know that you need to do to improve things because I know you have that list somewhere and look at it with the Pareto principle in mind. Like what 20%, what, you know, like one in five things or 20% of your list, what are the top 20% of things that if you did those, they would either make the other 80% irrelevant mm-hmm. or-
0: Well, they'll get you 80% of the results. Like that, They the will, yeah. yeah. Do the
1: 20% that gets you 80% of the results. And, and you, you feel a sense of panic about like just forgetting about the 80%, but I was trying to find so the words to you... say, don't worry about it because oftentimes they just take care of themselves or you don't even <laughs> have to do them later right. because you've done that 20%. And if every week you spend one hour working on your top 20%, of the most urgent and important things like if you're constantly uh losing quotes because mm-hmm. whoever's doing your proposals is doing a bad job i would say your quoting process and your training on that position is the most important right okay and that you can get all that from your numbers so we didn't hit our sales goal why did we get enough leads did we convert enough leads you know or even cash flow we don't have enough cash flow well what's your accounts receivable at uh oh it's it's really high okay well what's the process so we don't have one
0: so when we're talking about you know if you're if it's a brand new business they're one person basically self-employed they're wanting to scale this they're making eighty thousand a year According to my golden ratio, <laughs> they can put four hours a week into their business. The golden where, ratio. <laughs> the golden ratio. Um, where So four hours a week, that's how they determine where to put those four hours. They look around and see what's where's the biggest gaping hole in my business and fix that first.
1: I guess so, but I think because I work with business owners... And I think today we're talking about self-employed versus business owner. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that leap from self-employed to business owner. I am I usually don't work with self-employed people. I work with them after they have a team. Mm-hmm. But to get from self-employed to the next level, I really think that the first thing most people need is a, a really capable administrative assistant. Okay. Like maybe a, a marketing, a technical person who's good at, at you know, some of your tasks. Mm-hmm. But like if they can, if they can just take over some of the stuff that you know can be handled by them will you focus on sales or, okay. you know, that sort of thing.
0: So that would help you free up more than your four hours if you needed to, but what do you do in or those four hours? Or just hire them hours? for four hours. So what? So what do you do first? Yeah, make a financial plan. Okay. So
1: how much money do you have to bring in in income mm-hmm. to cover your expenses and still have enough profit so that you can start to hire a bigger team if that's the goal, mm-hmm. you know? And you can plan that out. If I hit this twenty thousand a month, then I can hire somebody at five thousand a month and I'll still have this much profit. That's definitely the first step. You yeah. have to plan it all out, and then you have to hit those goals. Yeah. And if you don't, then that tells you where to go look. Yeah, I didn't I'd have agree. my goals, so something's wrong over here, so I better go fix that.
0: I'd agree that if you can get good at budgets, then that'll help you a lot. It's all You know, in there. You know where the expenses are too high. All yeah. of a sudden, you have a visual. You're like, oh, my God, 90% of my expenses is here. It's killing my business. What do we need yeah. to do here? So Or better yeah. yet,
1: sometimes people are selling like 10 things, or let's even say three things, product A, B, C. They don't know that product A has an 80% gross profit margin. Right. Product B only has a 50% gross profit margin and product C has a 10% gross profit margin. Mm-hmm. But yet they're spending their time and energy selling the things that are lower margin when they should be raising their prices or decreasing their costs, yeah. you know, so all of that is in your financials. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, that's definitely the most important.
0: That's number one. Okay. Start there.
1: Um. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Are we good? Calendar. Okay. I hate to say this every Kelly time. Kelly needs to talk about calendar. Yeah,
1: just use your calendar. And like the things that you know you need to do, like look at your numbers, put that in there. Make sure it happens. Like protect it like a meeting. hmm Yeah.
0: That's... I'm trying not to... I'm getting the busier I get, or I mean, I've always been busy, but the more, I don't know, the more pressure I'm under to get a lot of important things done, my calendar is definitely filling up with a lot of stuff. And I mean, it is more meetings, but it's also more, oh man, I keep neglecting that task every day okay it's going in a calendar spot
1: (laughs) and the thing is when you first start out it's impossible to schedule your day from nine to five I'll do this then this then this because if it's all you the phone's ringing customers are calling you need to leave time open because your lack of procedures and systemization and working on your business is making you needed in your business Mm -hmm. so bit by bit you just got to eke out more time and then be intentional with that time so i'm gonna work on my business and because i worked on my business i'll have more time to work on my business the next week mm-hmm. the other thing is if anything can be automated without uh being detrimental to your customers you have to do it you know yeah. we never went to an automated calendar like book yourself into my calendar because our clients were not impressed like that 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 just doesn't work for our business so laura still does that hmm. but there are a lot of people out there who could automate things like that.
0: Yeah, you I know,
1: that. <laughs> Or even like on your website, instead of having people just call you and ask a bunch of questions, having like a five-question thing on your website where you yeah. direct people and they only get through if they answer the questions the right way. And if they answer them a different way, then it spits out, you know what, unfortunately, we don't offer this service, but call so-and-so. Yeah. That would save you so much time.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of automation that, if, that you have to weigh it against. What does this cost, cost in time and in money versus doing it manually? Because... If you get kind of, uh, I don't know, you get the allure of automation and you go in down that hole, Yeah. there's a lot of stuff that it's like, wow, I could automate this. There's so many things that you could automate, but you have to stop and be like-
1: Cost benefit.
0: I can do this manually now. How much of a benefit is there? So if, a, if it's a small business and you have, you know, 35 customers, and you're like, oh, I can automate this thing that asks for reviews whatever. It's like you have 35 customers. Just yes, thank them. you for saying that. Just call thank them. Thank you. Like,
1: yeah. and, and I think we need to – I don't want to take up way too much time because I yeah. know we're getting close to our limit. But if you're going to get a CRM – or some other software that does things automatically for you, I urge you before you spend that money to use some spreadsheets. Just make a spreadsheet. Make it the best spreadsheet ever so that you can see what you need and what right. you don't what you need to figure track. out what you yeah. need to track for marketing for sales for everything and then maybe buy a crm later because so many people are sold by these really good salespeople that do these demos but when you watch the demos you're like well that looks great but then you try to use it in your business and, and it's a huge you waste build it <laughs> you worked <laughs> yeah. on your business yeah. you moved everything over to this new system but it doesn't friggin' work right so that is an example of inefficiently working on your business mm-hmm. yeah
0: cool but don't feel okay. bad
1: if it happened to you because it happens to a lot of people <laughs>
0: So in sum, we've discussed that uh, about the working on your business versus in your business. And I think we both agree, but I was, um, my friction of why this topic came up was that I think the context is missing about how much you work on your business. And it's not a work on and not in, it's a work on as well as in (laughs) your business. Uh, And that's the piece that isn't often said when you hear that saying. So yeah, that's what we got today.
1: Yeah. And uh, I hope that I haven't given anybody the impression that I think that you should be ashamed or feel like you're not successful if you work in your business. Because I think it's awesome when leaders still do mm-hmm. that kind of work. I just specifically, I work with people who want their businesses to be systemized and profitable and so they can have freedom from them. But that doesn't mean that they take the freedom. They still work in it because they want to. It yeah. doesn't mean that it's wrong to be self-employed. It doesn't mean that it's wrong to keep your company small. It's not
0: wrong to sweep the floor of your own office. No.
1: In (laughs) fact, you should. Yeah. Yeah. The other one really quick thing, though, is you might hit, like, you might have a, you know, you might grow when you add some people, but then you might plateau. And -hmm. you might even have a little bit of a dip. But if you do things properly as you grow, over time, you will get more and more profitable. If you're not, you're doing it wrong. Right. Yeah. I would just have to reread the how about about a quick things we tip, talked though? about. Um, make some sort of a monthly scorecard where you have like even three numbers, you know, like did you hit your sales? Did you hit mm-hmm. your profit? And how many leads are you getting? Yeah, Just something like that so that you have some numbers every month to say, "How am I doing a good job? And I also think if you're looking to get, you know, to that next level, uh, reading the book The CEO's Secret Weapon would be a good idea. It's all about how uh, the right assistant can just change your life and your business. And some of the most successful business owners in the world have worked with this lady. So Hmm. yeah, CEO's Secret Weapon, it's a good book. Right on. What's your quick tip?
0: Uh, My quick tip is that um, I think fairly, Early in business, need to figure out how your business is different. Need to differentiate yourself from everything else that's else that's out there. So, um, I mean, this is something that we work on with businesses because when we work with clients, we'll find that a lot of businesses haven't put in this work yet, and that's part of kind of a brand development process. Mm-hmm. But it's something that the owner can do if they ask themselves the right questions. They can figure this out. You don't need a marketing branding expert. Just How are you different, truly different? We're not, and that doesn't mean we had a differentiation episode that you can go back and listen to. That doesn't mean better. That doesn't mean, well, we're better at it. It means you're different. Mm -hmm. We use the example of the Beatles are not, we're not Beethoven. They're not, they're not better than, neither one is better than the other. They're different. They're both great. They're both very, very good. They're just different. So differentiate yourself don't make your differentiator just, what well, we're the best there is. That's not a differentiator. Or the cheapest. Or the cheapest, of course. <laughs> but um, yeah, be different. Figure out what that is, because when you can really, really clearly define that, that is gonna guide everything in especially in the marketing side to help it be more effective. All of your messaging, your branding, how you yeah. advertise, how you approach people in prospecting, even in how you develop your products. If you do product development, yes. service development, if you understand how you're different. It will guide everything uh, in a way stronger way and you will approach the market with way more intention and better defined and your customers will be able to define you better. They'll know who you are. Differentiate yourself.
1: Yeah. So if they only have an hour to work on their business, do that. Yeah. Sit down
0: with an empty notepad and just start figuring out how you're different and get a phrase worked out (laughs) until you have it. Yeah.
1: So thank you guys so much for watching or listening, if you're just listening.
0: Mm -hmm. And if this is your first time listening and you enjoyed our show, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Especially if you use Apple Podcasts, please rate or review our show because it costs you nothing and we value it so much. It'll help us be discovered by more people.
1: So if you want to follow me, it's Kelly Ray Tamaki. I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook.
0: And... You can connect with me on LinkedIn if you look me up Lane Anderson or Lane underscore Anderson on Twitter or the real Lane Anderson on Instagram.
1: Thank you guys for watching and listening.
0: See you next week.